You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. Today marks day 22 in Metro Vancouver's transit strike, and as commuters deal with today's disruptions, anxiety is growing over what happens next week when there could be thousands of additional cars on the roads. Jordan Armstrong is live with more on the ongoing disruptions. Jordan. Sophie, the Premier has called on both sides to go back to the table and bargain through the weekend, but so far no plans for that to happen. Meaning Metro Vancouver's first full-scale bus strike in nearly two decades looks increasingly like a sure thing. At Lougheed Bus Loop in Burnaby, a preview of the commuter chaos to come. Yeah, everybody's still waiting, so I just don't want to be waiting another half hour. The bus never showed up, cancelled because of the current overtime ban. Well, now what are you guys going to do? I have to take cab to work. I have to go to school, have an exam. <laughs> this sucks. I, can't, I have no other way. I can't take a cab or anything. Get used to it. Next Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, the union plans a full shutdown. No bus or C-bus service. The bus apocalypse. That is this the beginning of, I think, some sizable disruptions. Nearly 400,000 people depend on the transit system daily. A bus strike would be a recipe for a lot more cars on already congested roads. When we talk about 400,000 people, imagine moving to Richmond's every single day with a little bit uh, more in terms of that population. And I think that describes to you how important transit is to a lot of people living in the region. The best hope is that most of those people will decide to carpool. For Vancouver Coastal Health's 15,000 workers, there's an app for that. And it is seeing a spike in demand. You sign up and you create a trip profile and you say, I work here and I, I live here and this is my times that I work and it matches you up with people who live and work nearby. Speaking of matchups, Unifor is so far rejecting a restart of talks with Coast Mountain. The two sides remain far apart on wages. But we can sit at a table and stare at each other, and if the company isn't serious about addressing the issues, it's not going to be very productive. Not sounding very optimistic at this point, Jordan, but uh, potentially positive development in the dispute involving SkyTrain workers. That's right, Sophie. The two sides are heading back to the bargaining table this weekend. Now, this is a bonus round of talks ahead of mediation, which is set to start next week. So potentially some good news. There may not be any SkyTrain disruptions, but again, for bus passengers, it's not looking good. Back to you. All right. Thanks for that. Jordan Armstrong reporting live for us. Now to Keith Baldry, who is live in Victoria, where the B.C. NDP is kicking off their convention tonight. Keith, what's the mood there given all the labor strife that's going on in this province right now? Yeah, labor strife very much top of mind for many people here. 800 delegates here meeting tomorrow. What's going to be interesting, Sophie, I'm on the convention floor here. There's going to be 800 NDP delegates here. But on the other side of this wall are going to be 300 BC Teachers Federation activists. They're meeting here. They've moved their representative assembly from Richmond over here to Victoria to basically, I think, confront the NDP here because of the stalled contract talks uh, that have been stalled for some months now. I caught up to Education Minister Rob Fleming earlier today who points out since the NDP came to power, they've put up billion dollars more into the system, still not enough for the TF. Here's the education minister's message to those people he'll be squaring off against likely tomorrow. It's a 17% increase in just two short years as a government. Uh, it, we stand alone in Canada in terms of uh, government making these kinds of investments. These are long overdue. The school system needs this. 
it's helping to fund uh, smaller class sizes, more one-on-one -on -one learning supports, more educational assistance in the school system. So, uh, look, I remind people, we're two years in as a government. Uh, we've got a strong uh, record of making much-needed investments, and, uh, and those investments will continue. So those 300 BCTF uh, members are going to be out front of the convention center tomorrow morning and at noon leafletting uh, the NDP delegates as they walk into the convention. So it's going to be, I think, a highly charged atmosphere. I'll re be reporting live on this on tomorrow's morning news at 9 and as well as noon news tomorrow and, of course, tomorrow night's news hour. Sophie. All right. We'll see how it uh, unfolds tomorrow. Thank you, Keith. More tonight on a shooting at Oppenheimer Park last month. Vancouver police now say the victim, identified as a 53-year-old woman from Powell River, was accidentally shot by her own son. The VPD began investigating when the victim turned up at hospital claiming she had been shot in the arm while sitting in her vehicle near the park. Investigators quickly identify the woman's son as the suspected shooter. This incident highlights the uh, concern that we have about um, the proliferation of uh, weapons, guns, um, and violence in the downtown east side uh, and around Oppenheimer Park. Uh, this is a case where we uh, had a mother who was uh, speaking with her son. Uh, and uh, her son was in possession of a gun and clearly monkeying around with the gun to the point where it went off and shot her uh, in the arm. Well, police say they won't be recommending charges because everyone involved has been uncooperative. A home in Surrey surrounded by police tape after a shooting and crash sent one man to hospital. Now, while the shooting didn't happen here at 83rd Avenue and 147th Street, this is where a car crashed into a fence at around 9.30 last night. The driver was pulled from the vehicle with a gunshot wound. Investigators believe the shooting was targeted and do not believe there is a risk to the public. Surrey's mayor today commenting on the violence confirms while I hit will remain a part of the city's police plan, he believes a municipal force is still the right option. So by having the governance right in Surrey, um, we feel very strongly that yes, it will be able to um, work with our citizens in Surrey that are very concerned about the violence that's happening, work with them and, and take a very much a proactive approach to policing. We want to get out in front of it so it doesn't even happen in the future. Richmond RCMP need the public's help locating a missing senior. 75-year-old Fung Chin Zhou was last seen in the 7,000 block of Furbridge Way around 1 o'clock Wednesday. She's 5 foot 2 inches tall and was last seen wearing a pink long sleeve shirt, long black hooded coat, black pants and pink shoes. She only speaks Mandarin and may appear confused or disoriented. And we don't even know if she's in Richmond, to, to, to be honest. Like, she could have taken transportation elsewhere. Doesn't look like she's particularly dressed for the weather, and the temperatures have been dropping in the last uh, week or so. We are very interested in finding her, as is her family. Details of Vancouver's plan to ban single-use plastics in the city were revealed today. From bags to utensils, the city is working to reduce its environmental footprint. Aaron MacArthur has more on the phase-out plan and the business that's getting a special exemption. We are drowning in single-use debris. But we barely even notice all the coffee cups, plastic bags, takeaway containers and straws. Obviously there's a problem with plastic waste. 
look at what's in a typical downtown garbage can. Single-use paper bag, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven coffee cups, plastic bottle. The city of Vancouver is looking at banning a good chunk of the most common single-use items. Plastic straws go first in April 2020. There are provisions for people with disabilities and the bubble tea industry, which has another year to find alternatives. Plastic bags are eliminated in 2021 with fees for paper and reusable. Perhaps the most challenging part will be coffee cups. In 2021, single-use cups could have a 25-cent fee attached to them. We want to make change in a way that changes the behavior is good for the environment, but also is not detrimental to our business. So that's something I want to hear more about. While most people agree banning these things is a laudable goal, what else is out there? Simply replacing one single-use item for another is no solution at all. We really want to focus on reusable alternatives that can be used several times and that ultimately aren't ending up in landfill as their end of life. People know the consequences of single-use disposable items, yet convenience trumps conscience almost every time. Do you try to use reusable cups ever? No. Uh, next time, yes. I'll bring my own cup. I actually usually use a uh, to-go cup. It's not that convenient. The staff report goes before council next week. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Meanwhile, a new convenient option for recycling on SFU's campus atop Burnaby Mountain. Students, faculty and those living in university can now use the return it recycling system for refundable beverage containers without having to sort it or wait in line. This is for all sealed beverage containers except for milk. People register online and when they register online they get a pin code. They come up to the canister, punch in their pin code. They'll be able to drop in a bag of containers. They don't need to sort them. They just put their containers in a bag, drop them in the container, and they'll receive a refund uploaded onto their online account within five days. Right now, though, Maynard's Auctions in Richmond is pulling a number of controversial items from a sale being held Saturday. The move follows an outcry from people angry at what was being sold. Several of the pieces in the firearms and militia sale are authentic Nazi Germany items, including helmets and weaponry. The collection also includes a flag and daggers adorned with swastikas. The sale sparked outrage by several Jewish communities and a local MLA who say profiting from items used in the Holocaust is wrong and offensive. At first, the vice president of Maynard's Auctions defended the sale, saying it was a way to ensure the stories behind the items are never forgotten. But those opposed say the items in question should be in a museum, not in a private living room. When you see things like this on display and being sold into private hands for profit, it is deeply disrespectful to the loss that this country and, and our Jewish people have felt for generations now. There is a certain obligation company has to their shareholders in making a profit. But at the end of the day, there's also community standards and what's right and wrong. In this case, it's just plain wrong. The auction is still going ahead, but all of the items linked to Nazi Germany will be removed and will not be part of the sale. The Catholic Church today released the findings of an investigation into sexual abuse cases in Vancouver. The report outlines 36 cases dating back decades. Paul Johnson has the details and why victims feel the recommendations made to address the crisis are inadequate. Reflecting on the latest news in her Coquitlam home, Leona Huggins has a deep stake in how the Catholic Church deals with its legacy of sex abuse of children. Around the age of 12, 
11, 12, a new priest came to, into our parish. Um, he was young, friendly. And he was also a sex offender who started abusing her at age 14. It was at a time when I was developing my understanding of faith and who I was and, and my own identity. Theoretically, Friday's announcement from the Archdiocese of Vancouver should be a powerful act of justice for victims like Huggins. Archbishop Michael Miller made a lengthy apology, and the church revealed 26 cases of sex abuse of minors by priests since the 1950s. They also committed to adopting 31 recommendations that include establishing an intake office to receive complaints about abuse and publicizing not only the names of convicted priests, but also those who have been credibly accused. A spokesperson for the church told Global News Friday, Vancouver is the first archdiocese in Canada to take steps like these. Unfortunately, I blindly trusted the people in the, position, in, in the church to oversee him. Huggins says even after her abuser had served jail time, she was shocked in 2011 to find out John McCann had resurfaced in the church in Ottawa and was still interacting with children. She questions how effective any attempt at reform can be if it's led from within the church. With this report that's come out today, um, I, I hold a very healthy dose of skepticism. In Coquitlam, Paul Johnson, Global News. With police and government making a lot of noise about cracking down on crazy drivers in B.C., this next story seems hard to believe. Because of a loophole in the system, people whose cars are impounded for excessive speeding or even impaired driving are getting perks and discounts not available to the average driver. Catherine Urquhart reports. At Mitchell's Towing in North Vancouver, rows of high-end cars impounded for excessive speeding and impaired driving. Now Global News has learned that their owners are getting massive discounts on their towing and impound fees. I don't believe it's widely known. I believe that uh, most people are unaware of, of uh, these, uh, the price structure. The dangerous drivers get free towing for the first six kilometers and their storage cost is almost half price. Currently ICBC pays 23.28 for zone one, which is North Vancouver. And uh, normally our retail rates are $44 per calendar day. So it works out to be almost 50% lower uh, due to using or utilizing ICBC's rates. Why are speed demons and drunk drivers around the province getting a break? It appears the deals are unintended a result of bulk discounts negotiated by ICBC, then passed on to Road Safety BC, the government agency that works in partnership with police. We're looking at it and, and see why it's there. I mean, it does strike me as uh, somewhat odd that uh, people who have had their vehicles impounded for excessive speeding uh, would then get a, a discount uh, on the towing rate, which, you know, ordinary people um, who may have had their car towed don't. For the drivers of some cars recently impounded, like this Bentley and this McLaren, being forced to pay full price for a tow and impound may not make a difference. But for others, it could be just one more reason to reconsider their roadside behavior. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
Well, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now to talk about another potential hazard on the road. And Christy, there's a risk of freezing rain in the forecast. Mm -hmm. Things could get a little dangerous uh, starting after midnight tonight. So here are the areas we're concerned about. So it is highway, uh, sorry, Coquihalla Highway from Hope all the way up to Kamloops. Also the connector and the Hope Princeton and as well lower elevation regions all the way from 100 Mile House down through the Okanagan Valley and including the boundary regions. So uh, what we're expecting is overnight a system will push in. It will bring in snow. The temperatures are cold enough, but it will also bring in a risk of freezing rain. And this starts at midnight tonight. It goes all the way through the overnight period and through Saturday morning also. By Saturday afternoon, that's when conditions would finally ease up. All right. Thanks for that, Christy. We'll check in with you in a bit. A warning now for anyone flying Air Canada. Some passengers say the airline's new booking system is causing problems. There was a mad chaos there. Everybody had been bumped, not just me. Air Canada customers have been contacting Global News saying the airline's new reservation system, known as Altea, has bumped them off confirmed flights, created long delays, and in some cases has even sent them other people's personal information. If I have some information of some other individual, does someone have information of mine? Two hours before the flight, I printed my boarding pass from their kiosk at the airport. It didn't have my seat number on there, even though it was confirmed two weeks earlier. I got to the gate. They said, no, you don't have a seat. We're going to bump you off. For its part, Air Canada claims the new system is generally working well and a relatively small number of customers are encountering technical issues. With this kind of weather potentially around the corner, a new report from BC Hydro isn't exactly comforting. The report says 60% of British Columbians are not prepared for power outages caused by storms. And more than half don't have an emergency kit. Hydro saw a record number of power outages in December of last year when a severe storm left more than 750,000 customers in the dark. We know winter storms are getting worse. We have seen more damage to our system, more outages for our customers. And really, this is a way for us to just encourage customers to get prepared. Uh, that 60% number that said they weren't prepared for winter storms is concerning for us. So we do recommend um, you know, people take those steps to get prepared, not only for power outages, but also for other emergencies, such as wildfires or earthquakes or different things that can happen in the province. A new study out of SFU says warming oceans could be having a devastating impact on the world's supply of kelp. As Linda Aylesworth reports, without action on climate change, a shortage could do wide-ranging damage to underwater ecosystems. Growing up by the ocean, San Francisco Bay in Jordan Hollersmith's case inspired a curiosity about the life forms that call it home, in particular kelp. I love kelp because it's, it's an incredible organism and it, it forms this foundation for such an amazing ecosystem. Some species of kelp can grow up to 50 meters tall, creating magnificent underwater forests. Diving through the kelp forest, I think, feels like flying through a tree canopy. It can be incredibly inspiring. So much so that Hollersmith pursued her PhD in the subject at the University of California, where she studied the role warming ocean temperatures were playing in the disappearance of kelp forests from Northern California all the way up to Alaska. I grew these tiny microscopic kelp forests in petri dishes in the lab and, use, and reproduction occurs at that microscopic stage. 
She learned that kelp accustomed to cooler water did not reproduce when the water got warmer, that the seeds they produced didn't develop. Now she's taken her research to BC, to Simon Fraser University. There's a lot of different kelp species in this area. It's one of the hotspots of kelp biodiversity. Kelp plays a significant role in the health of our oceans. Many species use it for protection and a source of food. Juvenile salmon, when they first re-enter the ocean, have been observed in and around kelp forests, likely feeding on some of those baby fish that are there. And so solving the mysteries as to why kelp in northern climes is struggling is vital, not only for the ocean's sake, but for the fisheries that depend on it. I think it's incredibly important to understand this, partly to motivate us to act quickly on this climate crisis. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. A New Brunswick dentist has rewritten one of the biggest hits of the year and is busting some old school moves trying to convince more people to get their teeth checked. As Global Shelley Steves reports, he's reaching a pretty big audience. When you first meet Dr. Luke Sipkema, that was here on the bottom left. He comes off as a pretty clinical and serious guy. You know, everybody's got the their professional side and then their 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 true self. Well, he sure revealed his inner goofball when he released this parody video of Old Town Road promoting dental health. Yeah, I'm gonna clean your teeth till there's black no more. They're gonna shine like never before. Sometimes people will um, delay their, their dental visit or get off track a bit. But the catchy song he wrote himself serves as a reminder for people to take care of their chompers. We gotta floss the back. Where the gums attach, if the tartar's black, got an ultrasonic bag. Being good sports, his staff played extras in the video, which is going viral. Now he admits that his singing is, well, a little, shall we say, pitchy. Uh, I've never had any lessons, so. <laughs> but he does reveal a hidden talent when he busts a move near the end of the video. When I was a teenager, um, I was in a breakdancing crew in Halifax. And here's the picture to prove it. His crew was called Inertia. He broke out some old moves to make the video, but says his clinical old bones don't move like they used to. Worth it, though, if he convinces people who see it. You gotta keep on rushing. Shelley Steves, Global News, Moncton. Behind the wheel of this circling car in Florida is Max, the Black Lab. The owner has stepped out of the running car and Max somehow knocked it into reverse. The car's owner gave police an extra remote, but the battery was dead. Officers finally managed to enter the access code on the driver's door after Max had circled for about an hour. Luckily, the only casualty was a mailbox. Well, Elon Musk is the talk of the auto industry once again, but it's probably not what he had in mind. The unveiling of Tesla's new Cybertruck, an electric pickup, did not go as planned. And social media is giving it a very rough ride. So I present to you the Cybertruck. With fog, fire and strobe lights, Elon Musk unveiled Tesla's new battery-powered Cybertruck, a Mad Max meets DeLorean version of a pickup. Made of ultra-thick stainless steel, but when Tesla's chief designer used a metal ball to demonstrate the windows were shatterproof, things didn't go so well. Oh my God. Not once, but twice. Oh, man. Not bad. A little room for improvement. 
Musk insists his Cybertruck is strong, with batteries able to go up to 500 miles. Starting price, $39.9. While the crowd cheered, a lot of online reaction has been mixed at best. From the Cybertruck is awesome to, man, Elon really nailed the design of the new Tesla, and sorry, it's ugly, and the actual buyers of pickups will tell you the same. It's that mass pickup market that Tesla is hoping to crack, appealing to owners to go electric. I think it's a Blade Runner. I think it's one where it's great to pull up to parties in in 2021, 2022. Outside of that, it's going to be hard for this to get mass. The Cybertruck delivery date, 2021. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. Don't like it. Don't like it. Strange bedfellows in the animal kingdom in South Africa after the forecast. What brought these two together and made them virtually inseparable? Christy was laughing out loud during that Tesla story. <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it, actually. No? No, but it's a bit odd. Yes, it's a little odd. <laughs> uh, Sophie, we're in for a change. It was another dry day. This great shot from Luke Miller. He's 17-year-old uh, down at Jackpool Plaza. Thank you, Luke, for sharing that with us. Uh, we certainly saw increasing cloud later today. Uh, we have winter weather in the forecast. Great shot of a northern pygmy owl. Thank you to Randy for that one from Cranbrook, where it was snowing. But this is what we talked about earlier. So we still have a risk of freezing rain. The system that's going to bring rain to the south coast is going to bring snow and the risk of freezing rain to these areas. So a reminder or a tip for you, if you run into ice, the best thing to do is actually keep your steering wheel straight. Just pull your foot off the gas and do not brake. That'll help you from slipping and sliding. As I mentioned, the risk of freezing rain also comes with the possibility of snow. So this is the potential of snowfall through the weekend, most of it likely through the early morning on Saturday, but again, Saturday night, you could see some as well as temperatures drop. This is the system pushing in. So for the lower mainland south coast region, the rain will be light initially. It's not going to be a soaker of a day. We'll see 10 to 20 millimeters, but you'll note that the system pushes down towards our region towards the end of the day and gets a bit heavier. So heavier rain later in the day tomorrow along with windy conditions. So here's your Saturday, everyone. Rainfall mainly across the north. These areas here, uh, risk of freezing rain in the morning with snow, changing to rain in the afternoon as temperatures warm up. We'll see rain in the morning on Saturday, but lighter, heavier rain expected towards the end of the day for the south coast. Sunday looks nice. Into next week, though, we're still talking about the possibility of snow as temperatures drop on Tuesday. Tune back in next week. We'll keep you up to date on that. And here's your weather window for tonight. Last night's sunset from North Delta. Thank you to John David Smith. Cold but beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Christy. A newborn giraffe abandoned by its mother in South Africa and found close to death is now on the mend and being carefully watched by a new friend. The giraffe, now, now named Jazz, was just two days old when he was brought into an animal orphanage. After being treated with IV fluids, he's now being fed by hand and is getting stronger. And to make sure he stays that way, the facility's watchdog, Hunter, has taken it upon himself to keep constant watch over Jazz. Hunter even sleeps beside Jazz to make sure he's okay. It's hoped Jazz will recover well enough to be returned to the wild. Well, then Hunter will be lonely. I wonder what Jazz thinks about that. Sorry, going back into the wild? No, about having the dog sleep next to him. Yeah, (laughs) they seem pretty content. They seem okay. Do you like the Tesla truck? Pardon me? Do you like the Tesla truck? Um, sure. 
You have no you know idea. what we're talking about? <laughs> I know Tesla okay. has put out a truck. Is that what I'm... Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No. Oh, it's is futuristic. It, it looks like it's out of Back to the Future. Or yeah, like a DeLorean. I, I read event. about it, but I didn't see a picture of it but yet. But for Mars. Okay, well, All right. he's... What's his name from Back to the Future? The Doc DeLorean. Brown? Yeah, he's That's it. Okay, I'm looking at the Tesla truck now. Uh, uh. Is that a word? That's my... Yeah. That's, that's my... I understand. Like, I like the car, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It looks like an urban assault vehicle. Uh, okay. The Canucks were like He-Man last night. They had the power. Power play. Five goals with a man advantage against Nashville. That's a rare occurrence, but the Predators do have the worst penalty killing in the league, so that kind of helped. Tomorrow, the Canucks are in Washington. Of course, we all know the Capitals are much better than the Predators right now. And this game is early, really early, 9.30 our time which will be a tough test for the Canucks being a West Coast team. 9.30 in the morning, they haven't seen game times like that since they were 10 years old. So we'll see if they're up and ready to go. Uh, are the Penguins ready to go? Of course, Sidney Crosby's out right now after surgery. So it's a Jenny Malkin leading the Penguins, although... Dominic Cahoon scoring there to make it 1-0 against the Devils. Then Taylor Hall gets one here. That ties it 1-1 in the second period, but from there it was all Penguins. Jake Getzel from Malkin. Getzel, Gensel is in. He, he, I slowed this down to show you how nice that was. 4-1 final, Pittsburgh over New Jersey. Well, Hamilton is the favorite for Sunday's Grey Cup game over Winnipeg. Not a big favorite, but the consensus point spread is about 3.5 in favor of the Ticats. Now, we told you yesterday that both teams are in the final despite neither having their original starting quarterback because of injuries. Hamilton has been under the care of Dane Evans most of the year. He was their number two guy at the start of the season, but he's been very good as a starter, especially in the regular season. Then, of course, he beat Edmonton in the Eastern final last week. He says even though this is his first professional championship game as the starting quarterback, he does have championship pedigree. Um. I won a national championship in Pop Warner for football uh, in fifth grade. That was a pretty big game for a 12-year-old. Um, we won 15 to 14, um, real barn burner. Uh, trying to think, in college, played a couple bowl games, and we went two and one. We played three bowl games, and we went two and one in those. Um, so those were probably, probably some of the bigger starts. This one's slightly bigger. Uh, Lord Tweedsmere High School won the boys' 4A basketball tournament back in March. First time the school has done that. They came into that tournament ranked ninth. Now the football team at Lord Tweedsmere is trying to duplicate the success and make 2019 even more of a glory year for the Panthers. There you go. There you go. Good job. Good job. Much better, Hark. Lord Tweedsmuir has done a good job with their relatively new football program, which just started in 2004. They've been a contender almost from the time they've stepped onto the field, making it deep into the playoffs, including a semifinal appearance in 2013. But that's as far as they've gone. This weekend, they're in the semis again, taking on Notre Dame. The formula has been good. Uh, and like I said, we've won a lot of games over the years. But this championship has eluded us so far, and, and we're going after it. Down, set, hut. Lord Tweedsmer has won a few provincial football titles at the grade 8 and junior varsity levels. Most of the players on the current senior team won back-to-back -back JV championships back in grade 9 and 10. Some of these kids have literally grown up together playing football, starting when they were 6 and 7 years old. 
I mean, everything from community football, just from playing against each other, with each other, and now all of us together on the same high school team. Uh, we have lots of good chemistry, good bonds on all aspects of the field, in the school, in the classroom. It, it, it's a really good football community together. On the field, we play for each other a lot. So um, if, if somebody's down, it's not get, mostly getting angry at each other, but trying to pick each other up and keep playing as hard as we can. They're hoping that togetherness can lead them to that elusive championship. But they've proven playing football is more than just about winning. That's the mantra of the program. Come be part of a team, no matter what your skill level. If a, if a student's willing to show up, work hard, they can be a football player. And uh, there's been certain years where certainly that's been the case and a lot of kids have been drawn to it. And so uh, my vision for this program has always been to be elite and inclusive. And uh, that inclusive part, I think, is what makes football special. Lauren Tweedsmere's volleyball team, girls' volleyball team, is having a great season, too. Oh, uh, Canada's going to face Russia in the Davis Cup semifinals. Russia knocked off Serbia. The other semi is Spain and Great Britain. Here's your snow report for this evening. Whistler Blackcomb opens next Thursday on November 28th. Grouse, Cypress, Sasquatch and Manning Park all still trying to figure out which day they'll open. Revelstoke and Fernie though November 30th. Kicking Horse December 6th. Big White and Silver Star will also open next week on Thursday but Sun Peaks opens tomorrow on Saturday. As for Apex December 7th. Mount Washington still finding an opening day. Whitewater December 6th. Red Mountain December 12th and Powder King is open with a base of 130. All right. It's Friday. Okay. Yay. I should. Might make some people uncomfortable. This first commercial is from South Africa. And um, <laughs> as men get older, their doctor visits change. Yeah. They get a bit more invasive. <laughs> and I know a lot of guys kind of freaks them out. It shouldn't freak us out. No, but we get a little cool. freaked out. It's good for you. Yeah, I know it's good for us. <laughs> I know. Anyway, this commercial deals with that. for your blood test. <laughs> I was like, waiting to see what was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> you can't show so you can do blood tests well, I, would, I wouldn't have shown it if it was like the, the other test. Uh, okay. People are eating. Uh, all right, so this uh, has to uh, do with Christmas. It's from Orange in France. Mm -hmm. How to capture Santa Claus. Okay. All right. Tout le monde en place. Moi non, en position. Floki, ok. Sous-marin prêt. Cible en approche, je répète. Cible en approche. 
toi, tu sortiras du cadeau quand le Père Noël sera ici. N'importe quoi. Quilted Northern works so well, people can forget their bathroom experience. But Sir Froggy can never forget. What's worse, he thinks, that my arms can never relax. My eyes can never look away. Meanwhile, at the League of Evil. Uh, uh, isn't that the activation fee? Wait, there? no, that's the activation fee. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the yeah. monthly service oh, fee? Silence! Oh, I can't figure this thing out. <laughs> now, wait, aren't you basically just a brain? <laughs> that's your power, right? Like. Your brain. I can see your brain. Is it working? The dumbest giant exposed brain I've ever worked with. Indeed. Should I poke your brain? No. Le pokey? No. Huh? No, get well, away. It's just a finger. Get away from it's me. It's just a finger. Don't touch me. Confusing cell phone bills are evil. Switch to Net 10. No bills, no contracts, no evil. <laughs> so the last one was yours? That's, that, uh, I love that's that. That's the one. one that, I, that's, that's been a few years ago, but I still love that one. Now, you have promised me my favorite. I know. Which was your favorite? I'm still waiting. Green burrito. Green okay, burrito. Okay, we'll break it out. I'll break it out. Okay. Are you here next Friday? Uh, I am. Okay, remind me. I'm not here next Friday. Uh, okay, but it's not for me. I'll just watch. I'll watch. <laughs> I'm, I'll take requests. Very quick word on the weather before we go. Sure. So uh, we are expecting rain tomorrow, unfortunately, but it should be nice on Sunday. Have a good weekend, everyone.